Welcome to the Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars out the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. Hi, and welcome to the Big Stomp here at Bunkerzilla.co.uk, where we stomp through the latest goings on in the world of geek culture. And I'm joined by three fantastic guests for this episode. First up, we have the Rowdy Man. Greetings from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Delightful. And we also have the Redhead Rambler herself, Lizzie Barnes. Hello, Internet. And we also have Shenny, or Michael, as he likes to be called. I like to be called by my actual name. I will call you Michael. Good. I answer to most things, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> That's lewd. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. You're the returning panellist. The only one. <laughs> the only one that was There can back. be only one. No, Wait, does that isn't... mean... Michael, does that mean you're a Highlander? Um, I'm not saying that I will be around for the end of times, but I will be. <laughs> because he's going to cause them. I mean, I, I may be the arbiter of the apocalypse. You may never know. Maybe is, maybe isn't. We'll never, never know. <laughs> right. Anyway, without further ado, let's crack on with this episode and go into the news. Da, 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 da. And with that delightful trumpet fanfare, let's turn our attentions to... Uh, Shall we, shall we turn our attentions to a certain blue hedgehog who has a, a film coming out? Are we really not? <laughs> we have to talk about on. the nightmare fuel. Oh come on! It's going to be wonderful. People are going to have a great time watching it. No, like just from the poster, it's nightmare fuel in the making. Why is it nightmare fuel? Like, just have you looked at the actual anatomy of that thing? Admittedly, that is the one thing that is like, what the fuck is happening? Because Sonic never had knees in most of his animated. <laughs> Outgoings, so well, it just looks like run. silhouette. Just he looks also, like the silhouette of a human runner with a hedgehog head on him. Yeah, and he didn't skip leg day. Right. So, for those listening and wondering what on earth we're talking about, uh, um, <laughs> the makers of the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog live-action movie have released a, a teaser poster. Well, it appeared on IG, IGN as a motion picture, a uh, motion poster, I, I do apologize. And well, um, GIF as everyone else would call yeah. it. And um, basically we have an outline of a somewhat muscular hedgehog <laughs> ready to run. He's a runner. What do you expect him to do? Be thin like a ballerina? I expect him to look like a freaking animated blue hedgehog. <laughs> Not I mean, but the, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Given that I know fuck all about this film. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, what more do you need to know? Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, okay, that, that worked. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The film is set in a town called the Green Hill. Oh, okay. wow, they, they thought that one through a lot, didn't they? Where a local sheriff, played by uh, Cyclops from the original X-Men films, has to help Sonic escape the government. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Like the poster literally looks like the collective mind of the f deep, deep furry community on Tumblr. I'm sorry. So it's got a built-in market. 
Yes, it has got a very built-in market, but it's quite a small built-in market, especially considering what Tumblr's done to most of the furry community. Oh, come off it. Tumblr's done horrible things to practically every IP out there. It looks like it's... I mean, okay, number one, we can't really judge it. It's a damn poster, and if you're causing getting opinions this deep on a poster, then I have no clue. And it it's just going to be a bit of fun of family entertainment, and a lot of people are going to go, OMG, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh! So, yeah. But it's, is it going to be fun family entertainment? Because the tagline on the poster is from the producer of The Fast and the Furious. Well, you mean, I mean which, that, uh, that is... Which I mean, that to is me is not the family entertainment. biggest name they've got on this production. What? Fast from, the Fast and the Furious? From the producers yeah. of, the tea, of the series that shat money like a greased up goose because they want what really... What do people really want? Um, I mean, Fast it, and Furious I'm sorry, but great. it's the only... It's the only recognisable name that the West would have heard of, considering the other three producers are Japanese. How about Jim Carrey? You can't, you can't put casting on there at the moment because it's literally just a still. Yeah, like, but still, it's like that's when when I'm. They don't even Japanese... advertise who's voicing Sonic. It's this not coming out until August. This is so. This is pre pre hype. This is essentially saying. We're making a film. We've got another eight months this, of this. This is the equivalent of putting Henry Cavill in a s crappy blonde, uh, white smithy wig and touting him out as Geralt Rivia. Like, this is doing them a disservice, if I'm honest. It's, it's, getting not... the hype. it's getting the hype going. It's got buzz. Hey, it's got to have done something. It's got us talking about it. But my question is, does Sonic the Hedgehog really need hype? It's Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. He's only uh, only Italian yeah. plumbers are more recognisable than him. It's coming out in August. It's aiming for the summer. Yeah, they need hype. They need good yeah. game. Because they're going, probably going up against Pokemon movie. Pokemon oh, when, is that? when is that? Uh, May. Mm. Yeah, they're not even going against Detective Pikachu. That's the beginning of the summer. This is coming out the sort of the end of the summer. Uh, it's for smart people. Um, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not for smart people. <laughs> no, oh god. So what we've got, Captain... Captain Marvel is uh, March. Avengers Endgame is uh, April. Hobson Straw, the new mutants are coming out then, allegedly. Dora the Explorer. Okay, uh, they might have to fight Dora. Angry Birds 2, so that's going to have a lot of competition. Uh, yeah, it's, it's already, that's looking like quite a bit of action going on. Mm. So I think I think an interesting thing is obviously with the poster coming now, I think that sort of indicates that a trainer is on the verge of coming at some point. They supposedly dropped test footage for this uh, at some sort of comic con in Brazil four mm. days ago. So I wouldn't. I, I think maybe we'd get a trailer in January, maybe February. Yeah, mm. maybe March. I think that, that it's 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 an eight month. It's an eight-month media cycle uh, that we've all seen move. I mean, the classic example now is Guardians of the Galaxy, the initial trailers versus the end trailers. This is just a, a quick glimmer of what it could look like. Um, I'm, th I'm thinking at this point, people are just reading way too much into it. Yeah, but it's the internet. If we can't do that, what's the point? <laughs> but I think it, it's interesting because we've had uh, the trailer for Detective Pikachu last month. Yeah, and a lot of people were kind of, and, and I think people were kind of torn between all oh, this looks like fun or and oh my god, how have they humanized the Pokemon in such these different ways? And 
anyone who's got a problem with that trailer is an idiot and is wrong because there's a there's a fucking herd of Bulbasaurs tromping through a river. Everything else is immaterial. Herd no. of Bulbasaurs. Everything else is immaterial. No, I'm sorry. The, can we just talk about the Psyduck in that in that mater- in that trailer? He looks that adorable. Is the, that is. He the looks least. lovely. That he's, is like he's... not the worst thing in that film. Probably not. I've seen Mr. Mime was <laughs> yeah. probably yeah, the no, most actually... terrifying thing in there. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't I mean, remember Mr. Mime being terrifying. He was I weird, did. but not terrifying. Oh, come off it. The whole of Pokemon is terrifying. It's basically dog fights the kids game. No, it's cockfighting, surely. <sighs> the way they get on, it's dog fighting. Yeah. But anyway, her. Heard of Bulbasaur's next. <laughs> All right. Jury is still out on Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Uh, to sp- oh, obviously, we talked about going to the galaxy. Let's move on to um, let's move on to Marvel and Avengers, who finally dropped their first trailer for Avengers 4, or the unattitled fourth Avengers film, which many people had many different names for, and ultimately ended up being Endgame. Uh, yes. Uh... Yeah, can we just talk about the collective internet crapping themselves because Captain America didn't have his dad beard anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I still, I saw that. It was like, no, Thanos has got rid of his beard. I'm How dare he? Wait, that's, that's what you're taking from this trailer? Is the beard is gone? What I want to know is this, right? He's just uh, failed to stop the death of 50% of um, everyone. He's marooned in space, about to die. Uh, he's facing the existential angst of never seeing his true love again and never seeing his child. And he went, hmm, you know what? I need a shave. That will really help my situation if I have about five grams less hair on my lip. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about Robert Downey Jr. here? Yeah, the fact that he have a fucking shave. He had a beard. On the trailer, I thought you said he'd gone. No, no, no. Captain, Captain America. America's beard. Oh, Captain America. Dad beard. Oh, dad was, beard. Everyone was thirsting after the dad beard. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was the thing. This trailer dropped for a film that I think quite a lot of people are quite excited to see. And the collective internet went, where's the beard? And we're like, really? That's that's what you're after? Well, I, guess it, I guess in a way it does show that the film isn't picking up straight away after infinity war it looks like it's going to start maybe a couple okay of weeks. so i'm going to throw this out there that you should disregard everything that you saw in that trailer because it might not play out in that in any way right? oh yeah yeah because oh, we, what we saw in the first avengers it. trailer was what we have that iconic scene of everyone running through that forest including the hulk who doesn't turn up in avengers oh that infinity was, war that was so well played on avengers infinity war that was mm. genius so, that was a total con job so literally, disregard everything you've seen because yeah. it might not mean anything. They might all be outtakes. Well, the thing, the thing is, it? they put the best stuff in the trailer. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to end up in the film. Well, maybe, I think maybe we, that is just the film. It's just them having a chat, and Ant Man turns up, and that's the end. I'm going to make a I'll couple. I'll be of so them. pissed if that is the if that is the movie. <laughs> oh, like, Ant Man's wonderful. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I don't. I'm not going to be pissed if Ant Man turns up and saves the universe, which is what I think is going to happen. Spoiler alert. But I will be so pissed off if it's basically them all moping and then Ant-Man turns up and then it's roll credits. And it's like, ah, there's another one. Okay, three observations. Number one, I honestly think this trailer is aimed at reminding people how they felt at the end of Infinity Wars. Mm. Okay, so I happily agree with Shenny's theory that, that you can, you know, 
I, I wouldn't say you can disregard it, but I think I, I think if you're going to take this as the tone for the movie, you're wrong. This is reminding you how punched in the guts you were after the snap. Okay, it's it's a total tone piece. Number two, there's no Captain Marvel in it. Yeah, none. True. And we know that Captain Marvel is going to be huge in this one because we. How do you know she's going to be huge in this one? Because to- because Nick Fury rang her when he j- realized no, the universe yeah, was okay. Ending. Okay, okay, okay. But that plus is... she's in it. We know that because of. But that is a post-credit scene for to introduce Captain Marvel as a teaser. That is, you know, like you. There are post-credit scenes where stuff happens that we never see again, such as. Um, how Stanley about... sitting on the moon talking to the Watchers. That's. I mean, there's the comedic stuff, but then there's always been this thing where they will set up a f- the next film. Yeah. So you have the bit where Thanos actually puts on the gauntlet and says, "If you want something done right, you have to do it yourself." Yeah. And then that's not how things played out. What do you mean? Because at that point, all the dwarves would have already been dead. None of the storyline aspects would have been laid out that early in advance. You know, in the same way that if you watch the Incredible Hulk film, at the end, Tony Stark goes to General Ross in the bar and goes, I hear you have a superhuman problem. Yes. And this is supposedly before or just after he's been indoctrinated into the Avengers program. Which doesn't happen. So, post-credit scenes are there to set up the next film how about how about the fact that that um brie larson is in the cast list well then she might appear because that's what i'm saying yeah but that does just because she appears doesn't mean she's a major part of the film yeah it's okay we can't say how the film is going to play out because we simply don't know i'm not so saying saying someone is going to be a huge like point of it okay They've made a lot of noise about how she's going to be involved in in the in the fourth film, in in end in a Avengers fourth movie, and from everything that's come out of it, that's been leaked out of it, we know she's a big part in it. How she will be a big part in it, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm merely supporting your Shannon. I'm Shannon. I'm merely supporting your theory that we shouldn't be taking any of this as canon because my my presumption is that after we've seen captain marvel you know well after that's done the rounds we're then going to start seeing her in the trailers because these people are smart cookies they're not gonna get you hyped about captain marvel turning up until you have a reason to be hyped about captain marvel turning the thing with captain marvel is you have less than four weeks after that film drops before avengers comes yeah i know what the hell is up with that schedule which makes me think it's non-canonical but also the, the the thing about Captain Marvel is it, I, like the you know, that post credit scene. That's the re- other than the trailer for her movie, which came out fairly recently. That was the first inkling we had of Captain Marvel. Yeah. I had to explain to a whole cinema full of people who Captain Marvel was. Okay. Because they right. didn't know, like she's not. Yeah, but as far as as far as far as Mar- as Marvel far as Marvel fans that have been indoctrinated through the MCU go. Captain Marvel was not huge on anyone's list. Yeah. So that uh-huh. is to be expected, and you don't really know her backstory. And Iron Man wasn't most... huge on anyone's list. Well, no. This but is also people true. at least had an, an, an inkling of Iron Man through other not media. Really. Not not re- not the general public. Iron Man was dead in the water before the movie. General public, no fucking clue. When it came I, out, people were just I like, don't... Iron Who? I don't know about that. 
You go and check the hype. You go and check the media. People did not know who Iron Man was. It was just this, okay, it's some guy from deep in the Marvel back catalogue. But the thing is, you're saying that they're smart people. You think they'd be yeah. up the hype for Captain Marvel now. Like, we've had, what is it, two trailers for that? Or is it one? I cannot. Uh, two, two trailers two, for Captain Marvel. Two and a bit. Yeah, so why, if the hype, if they're trying to get her get as hyped for Captain Marvel, they're not doing a very good job of it. Okay, I think they're smart people because they've made all the money. Yeah, smart people don't always make all the money. No, but they've been consistently doing it for 10 years. I mean, so, if you're going to bet on the mouse of, the, the house of mouse, you're going to lose, right? Get, bet against. I'm sorry, yes, against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's Disney. They, they have a license to print money. I also think one of the ways they do that is by having incredibly good marketing plans. So I'm, that, that's what I'm going with. I'm, the only thing that I question is, and this is my third point, is Endgame. Oh, come on. That's just a... I mean, no one was ever going to go and see this because of the name of it. But yeah, Endgame... Uh, I mean, Endgame makes... what Strange says as he disintegrates. Yeah. We're in the Endgame. So all the, other, all the other titles are just titles. Right? Because like, um... Spider-Man Homecoming is not about the Homecoming War. It's no, they, the titled, they, they titled... You know, like, the next film is... Is it one more day? Uh, from Spider-Man. Yeah. Far from home. Far from home. That's that that that's the thing, right? That's a good, strong, evocative title. So we got like uh, t- subtitles. We've had like the first Avenger, the Dark World, the Winter Soldier, Civil War, Homecoming, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame. It just doesn't. It's not emo- It's not evocative in my mind. I think it is because they, this is the end of the MCU as we know it, isn't it? That that's what they've said after Avengers, um, the fourth Avengers. There's we're going to lose some of the state, the state, the staples of the MCU, aren't we? Yeah, because it's yeah. going to it's a passing. Well, it's not. It is going to. They have kind of touted this as uh, the next generation of Marvel films properly starting. So no well, more. Yeah, that, no more lights on Captain it's America. Also their first, it's also their first original titling. Yeah, it's not based on a comic, as far as I can find out. I just, I just think it's an uninspiring title. I'm, I said it's not going to make a difference who goes and sees it. But yeah, but the, the idea of the the idea of the subtitles was to make you uh, was around the hype machine to make you think, oh fuck, this is what's going to, you know, like it's a nod to comic book knowing people that m- knew those original stories. Like when I you, granted. okay, so when event, like considering the. Age of Ultron is the worst Avengers film. Yes. When that tra- when that title was announced, I was hype as fuck. Yeah, me too. And then I saw it and I was like, you bastards. I also, I also think Age of Ultron is a strong title. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm, if you don't know um, the comics, then they've got a history of strong titles and then Endgame just isn't that strong. I thought... I think Endgame is. I think it's very evocative because it is literally this is the end. Whatever happens, that nothing's going to be the same after this. It's Maybe. a whole new game. I'm just surprised by it. Mm. Almost as surprised as their ridiculous because their their ridiculous schedule. Mm. Yeah, but they've, but, got, uh, they've got the House of Mouse has got like nine million other films coming out, so they've got to shuffle them around, haven't they? Uh, just to quickly touch back on release, um, I was a bit incorrect there. It wasn't four weeks; it is eight weeks. 
between Captain Marvel and that's, Avengers. That's still, that's still really not a long time. It's March and April. It's the start of March and it's the end of April. It's mm. That was similar to how they did Black Panther, and yeah, no. but you didn't have. Oh no, to Black, Black Panther, Panther, had, Panther, Black Panther had another month, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah but you also... didn't need to say Black Panther to understand his role in Infinity War. It well, gave you, you, it gave you background and context to the world they were in, like the obviously Wakanda and the city they were in, and who the characters were. But you saw all those characters, or most of them, in uh, Civil War. So if you're just following the Avengers film. But then there's the other thing. Like, Civil War is an Avengers film, but it's yeah. a Captain America film. Yeah, but that was that was uh, in May 2016. That was like, crikey, that, that was almost 10 months after Ant-Man, and then you had nothing until November that year. Uh, I mean, Black Panther came out in February because they just didn't think it was going to shift half Didn't as much come, as it did. Wait, when did Ra- Thor Ragnarok hit? Was it not before? Thor Ragnarok, that was November, that was Ragnarok November, was November. 2017. Yeah. And, then, uh, and, then and then they did then they did Black Panther. But yeah, they so did... there was something in, in the... What? No. Because you said there wasn't anything until February, and then Ragnarok was obviously in November. In the November. No, I said I, I said they did Black Panther in February because they didn't think it was going to do anything. They 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 did it, and they didn't have a lot of confidence in it. February is no. a month to move is into. Yeah, no, shockingly, yeah. they didn't think a, a, an almost entirely black cast movie was going to do well. Oh. I mean, they, they might very well have done have gone. Let's release it in February because there's nothing good out there, so we'll have no competition. So this will just absolutely cream up. It could have been See, a smart move, but given given all the excitement around the Black Panther release, I'm I'm more suggesting it's that rather than like that Disney thought they had a, some sort of dud on their hands or something oh, that would okay. do less well. I don't think they thought they had a dud on their hand. I just didn't think they probably thought it would do as well okay. as the other MCU. Yeah. That's, I, from everything I've seen, from everything they've said, and from everything that was doing the buzz around, they they didn't think it was going to do amazing. They did not think it was going to be as big as it was. Because apart from anything else, after it came out, they did a massive media buy. Yeah. You don't do I mean, that if you have confidence in your film to buy all your slots after the first weekend. You know, to buy fifty percent of your slots after the first weekend. <laughs> That's just not how you do it. It. Well, I, I guess Black Panther is my favorite. Marvel it's pretty at this point now, and isn't it nominated for a load of golden Golden Globes now? Yeah, it's been nominated for best uh, drama picture at uh, Golden Globes. Which, whether or not that equals Oscar nomination, I uh, don't don't picture, don't hold uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Os- Os- Oscars don't Oscars don't vote in genre movies. They only do crap dramas that people forget in three years. Yeah, I mean, most award shows are trash anyway because they don't yeah, I mean, mean like, anything as long as you've got the right people and the right money. How many times have you looked at a movie poster that says Oscar nominated or Golden Globe nominated and gone, oh, I'm going to see that film now? No. Yeah, no. The thing is about Black Panther being nominated is more it's bucking the trend where people didn't think that superhero films could actually well, I guess, be nominated for stuff like this. Mm. Um, and Black Panther has a lot of shit to say, you know, and just uses superheroes as a method to say it. Yeah, it says it um, really well. It does. It's also a bit. I mean, it, I'm not going to try and sound like a cynic, but as a, it has got a lot to say. Structurally, it's just another Marvel movie, which is it's very formulaic on that front. 
I thought the film was formulaic. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just it's, saying it's a formula that works. So why it's would a, they change it? Yeah, I'm just saying as as the the main thing Black Panther had to say was not anything to do with superheroes, and the ending's a bit weak. But I just can't. Yeah, I Wait, love how the film. was the ending weak? Yeah, what what? I'm I'm with Shenny on this one. How was that weak? Oh, uh, what the bit when they decided to? I just thought the bit when they the the bit when they blew up the um. What were they? Those transporter bit, the transporter things. What, that that wasn't that wasn't the ending. Oh right, you mean the, the okay? Yeah, fair enough. The ending of the big fight thing that was the reveal like the of the one on one where it was like, no, I don't want to be saved because like okay. death is better than bondage. Like yeah. that is okay. you know like there's a load of like stuff in there that is just like oh here is an action beat. You know the mm. the fact that there's like one white guy in it, and he's called a colonizer. <laughs> just, uh, to, be, uh, to be fair, give him props. They made him a lot better than he is in the comics. Oh yeah, it's, this is true. Yeah, no, he is. When, uh, when I heard that that was the villain for the movie, I was like, really? You go. Yeah. The only the only villain I think that they've kind of just like, I mean, it's Iron Man two, so it's kind of. Uh, I guess they didn't. Imagine to have to throw together another Iron Man film so quickly. So they're like, "Quick, who's an Iron Man villain?" Uh, Whiplash looks kind of interesting. Give him an Iron Man suit. It's yeah. Like, okay, so yeah. it's just retreading one again. All right, fine, but they cool. had to do it at, at speed. Yeah. Mm. So if it, if oh. it wins an Oscar, I'll be over the moon. Yeah, I think it's got a. It, the, well, it's not up. It's not up for Oscars. It's not. Up for, it, no, it's it's they're bucking it for a Best Picture nomination. They're pushing for it. Oh, okay, but it's it's not been nominated yet. No, uh, Oscar nominations usually appear around uh, mid-Jan. Yeah, okay. we got a time. Yeah, I guess. because um, it's it not, not cause... too late. For it? No, uh, no, Oscars are usually last weekend in February. Something like that. Right. Yeah. So they do they do the nominations about mid-January. Then there's like a whole month worth of voting and extra pushing for people. And by then you'll have things like um, the Globes happen at the end of January. Then you have BAFTA's middle of February, and then it all finishes up with Oscars. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, but it seems like there's a lot of of hope and push that Black Panther will get something even if nomination wise from the oscars i think I, more like a representative standpoint yeah like it's just a good show. oh fuck yeah mm. yeah yeah and, I, I, I think it's probably going to get a lot of technicals because that's the normal way of going well we have to say something nice about the amazing genre film but we don't want to admit that they're actual stories well so. the oscars the oscars <laughs> attempt to bring in a best popular film oh, was that, a complete oh. Oh, was this the, uh, yeah. clusterfuck? This is like, yeah, this isn't a good film, but you pricks want it, so here it is. Yeah, it's but like... let's be honest. Does, as I said, does anyone really pay any attention to the Oscars except for Hollywood? I think there are, with the Oscars, there are there are times when obviously yes, it is horrifically grimacing watching people backpack themselves but i think for smaller films in particular the oscars do get a little bit important for them because having a nomination or even a trophy against its name gets more people to see the film not necessarily yeah. not necessarily we obviously we as you guys have talked about you if you saw that on a poster or something like that, you wouldn't necessarily go out immediately and see it but there are other audiences there are other audiences it shifts yeah. copy it really yeah. does get bums it's on like, seats if it's you got like a nomination. Um, it's like in the music in the music ring if you get nominated for mercury music prize your album starts selling more that's yeah yeah 
It's one yeah, of those things. It's it's a sign of I guess it's a sign of quality. Yeah, I've so, seen this one. Yeah. But look, I just have a quick timeout for on the Oscars thing. You know that Kevin Hart was going to be hosting them. Oh yeah. He's and not. And he did something stupid. Yeah, he did a stupid yeah. thing. And now well, he did something stupid from the past. Asshole is no longer hosting the Oscars. Yes. <laughs> a specific asshole is no longer. I'm pretty sure the next person to sign up for it will be an asshole in some way. Mm. Uh, apparently, the the favorite seems to be Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, that would be good. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or oh, if they play, if they play it, say they might bring. Who, who's hosted it before? They had Neil Patrick Harris before, didn't they? loads of people. Because I, I could imagine, I could imagine because he's just he, around that time he's going to go off on a world tour. They'll say, "Hey, Hugh Jackman can turn up and sing and dance for us. Come along, Hugh." Mm. And he's he done has, it he before. Yeah. yeah, he he hosted it before with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Who else oh, apparently been... The Rock's also in contention. Oh, wow. What, best friends with Kevin Hart? No. For, is he, are they best friends? Yeah, they've done like four, three, four films together. Nice. That doesn't mean they're best friends. Possibly. You never know. Apparently Ellen is another one they want to get to do it. Oh, Ellen's yeah. a safe bet. Ellen's a really good safe bet. Oh, and she, did, oh. she did quite well. She did the selfie thing when she hosted. Yeah, yeah that was an amazing piece of marketing. Hmm. It was an advert, just in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> All yeah. I know is that whoever they pick will somehow be controversial. And if they're not controversial, that will become a controversy because they'll go, ooh, they picked someone far too far too uh, well, pure and wholesome. Well, so, the, the, the well problem... as long as they don't pick a white person, I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the problem they, they've had with, with getting hosts and all these sort of things to try and try and make it less stifled and boring is an attempt to try and woo uh other audiences to come and look at the oscars or pay attention to the oscars <laughs> yes. and unfortunately everything they have tried has somehow spectacularly misfired or just screwed up do you want to know how to fix the oscars stop showing them no and this one is i'll be honest say this one's nicked from cracked doing for movies three years old don't do it for current movies. Do it for stuff that's been out for three years. Because hmm. that way, as I said, this is nicked off cracked. That way, it's stuff that people actually care about and that actually has some... You know, you can, cause you can turn around and go, wow, that actually was the best movie of that year. That actually was the best performance of that year. You can see it in context. It's got a bit of miles on it. it it's, it's like comparing, I don't know, like the al- the combined album charts versus the pop chart, you know, the singles I think, charts. But that I think would require the... money to stop flowing into the uh, into the Oscar. I think, I think. Oh the... yeah, totally. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's the way to fix it, not not what. I we've think the done. the main I think the main problem with with the Oscars really is is down to how they are voted for in a way because essentially sometimes you look at it and it, it, it is a popularity contest at times. I mean, there have been actors who have won trophies just because. They're the coolest guy at the moment. It's like the way I would look at it. A good example would be uh, when Jeff Bridges and Colin Firth won their respective Oscars. They won, a, they, yeah, they won an Oscar, and the, but they, I think they got them for the wrong film. So it's like Jeff yeah. Bridges picked one up for uh, Country Heart when he really should have picked one up for True Grit, and Colin Firth should have picked one up for a, sim- a Single Man or Simple Man when he should have, instead of the Crown uh, oh, Speech. The, the, num- the number of. of uh, Oh, their time has come. Yeah, Scott where... Stacey, one of them. Yeah. 
But the biggest, I mean, on the voting side, just see what percentage of people have never seen the movies that they vote for. Pretty high. The, 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 the people <laughs> casting the votes haven't seen, they, they've not seen most of the stuff they're voting for. They just go off what they've heard or how they feel, or quite often what their politics are. Mm. So there yeah. you go. The other problem with the Oscars is it's run by all of cis middle-aged white men. And that's, and that's been one of the key issues of the last couple of years. with Because um, obviously they had the Oscars So White campaign, didn't they? Or the hashtag thing that came yeah. up. I, I, the biggest problem there is is not like who's hosting it or whatever. It's, it's the nominations. The mm. number of performances that are just brilliant that never even get a look in. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, anyway we, we could have a whole big stomp dedicated to this towards the time we could and we, do we should and we could and we should yeah something to write down for for 2019 but um yes we must crack on and we are going to turn our attention to the main topic of the episode remakes it's unscripted unaltered and quite possibly educational listen to a redhead's ramblings with lizzie barnes only on bunkerzilla tune in to the big stomp Roaring at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today, only on Bunkerzilla. Hi there, and welcome back to the Big Stomp here at Bunkerzilla.co.uk. I'm joined by the Ranty Man, Lizzie and Michael, and we've been talking all things Marvel and Sonic Hedgehog in the first part. But it's now time to turn our attention to the main topic of the episode. And this topic came about from myself because as a, as a, as a fan of the material that's suddenly getting its uh, own dedicated line of remakes, I was getting a very, a very bit annoyed about this. So in a, in a time where Disney have kind of felt the need to go off and remake every single animation film that they've done. So before, before, before now they have done the jungle book, Pete's dragon, Cinderella and beauty and the beast. But then next year you have the lion King, Aladdin, Mulan, Dumbo, and even further afield, you have Lilo and Stitch coming. And then there's a brand new Cruella de Vil film on the horizon as well. And it just it just makes me sort of question the logistics and the reasoning behind these sort of remakes. Because yes, there are remakes out there in the world, and that's and that's perfectly fine. I mean, some remakes you wouldn't have got um really good films. I mean, for example, you had um uh, Infernal Affairs, Hong Kong film was remade into the departed, a very successful crime film. Again, as we talked in the first part won some Oscars and it helps bring some of these sort of world cinema stories to new audiences. But when Disney do this, does it kind of just devoid? Does it give the impression that it's devoid of all originality? Yes. And, it's, and I, and that, and that is the topic of this episode with the rise of these sort of remakes. Where, where has originality gone? Has it faded from popular media in favor of just rehashing everything that they've done before? They so yeah, by the money bucket. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I've seen the Lion King trailer, and I, I still cannot, off the top of my head, try to fathom why we need to do the Lion King. It's just been released on 4K Blu-ray, has really good reviews. It had a very successful 3D cinema run a couple, about five, six years ago. If had, you a want, had a stage show. Has a stage show. Still popular in the West End. Still sells out. And it, it's just, it's just why. It's just, what what do you mean, why? The simple answer is Money. capitalism. <laughs> capitalism is always the almighty dollar. 
I would also argue it's because originality isn't as common as you think. Mm. Um, so not defending it as such, but yeah, okay, it's going to make money and they need money. Yeah. But also, the film was made in 1994. So he says trying to do basic maths. That's like a tw- when it comes out, it's going to be a 25 year old movie. That's old. Um, I, I have no particular problem with doing a remake of an old movie and 25 is old no and that's not saying not 25 is old in media terms that's that's there are are people that wouldn't have actually seen the lion king and that's not saying that the name name me one kid that hasn't seen the lion king growing up doesn't matter when i work with someone who has not seen the lion yeah 17 yeah because not everyone's seen it. Because a lot of people. Because when I was, we when grew I was up young, on this, so we've got really defensive yeah. ways of thinking yeah. about it. But, so it's just like any reboot is just here is something for today's audience. Yeah. Here is something that we can do differently. Here is something that we can. But they're not doing it fix. differently. The animation style from what the, we've the seen. From what we've text, seen. Yeah. Most so of the, the trailer is just a rehash of, well. The, the Lion King. The, the, yeah, the, the Lion King. But I think, I think that was intentional. Like yeah. you have you there is there is a lot left of the film we have yet to see. Yes, specific story beats have to happen. We know roughly how things well, we know exactly how things play out, but we don't know scene by scene how things are gonna play out. No, so I can tell you but, scene by scene how things are gonna play out because it's gonna be the exact same thing they did with So are you telling me are you telling me that in the live action CG version of The Lion King out next year there will be a scene where giraffes are standing on elephants, there are pelicans on those on those giraffes, and they are singing I, no, because there's going to be a big musical. They might not do the like acrobatics, but they might because it's CGI, not live action. That's one point I'm going to make like, very okay. quickly. No, when I say live action, yeah. I mean re- live realistic live action. The same way, if you're going to make it's an animated context, movie, like yeah, yeah. Like, like I'll admit, like Beauty and the Beast was a live action remake of the animated, but the the Lion King one, unless they're actually getting freaking lions and no, hyenas okay, in there, no. Them calling it live action is a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. But the, the the thing is this. The story over twenty-five years, storytelling techniques have changed. I'm talking like yeah. the visual storytelling. So the you could have exactly the same script, okay? And if you give it to a director now, they're gonna make a different movie to the Lion King, and they'll make a Lion King movie now that looks better to the to the, 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 the target audience, which is not us, that it'll make uh, the the movie look better and look modern to a foolish for better phrase, the YouTube generation. But, but hang on for a second. Hang on for a second. If if it's not for our generation, hang, and it's for say our offspring, aren't we the generation that should be sharing the original with those kids? Well, that depends because like Dumbo is on this list to be remade, and Dumbo is racist as fuck. So (laughs) you can't. If I was going to like, I could show my kids cartoons. That's fine, but like maybe the cartoon version is not the version I go to instantly. Maybe this one is more openly friendly because people know what. Plus, there is not why. Would a kid want to watch their parents' movies? You know, this is this is that's old. They want something new. It that you you can go and show them Dumbo, ignoring the very obvious racist overtones. 
they're gonna just be watching it going oh okay you then take them to go and see the remake because the language is the the visual language the presentation of it is more upbeat and snappy they're going to enjoy it more it's like um i mean there's old movie versions of macbeth right that did brilliant they shifted an absolute ton and it's people standing there with very static cameras right on on sets doing a very the and thou ott drama performance yeah and and, and your parents those shifted so so much coin people love them and someone watching it now will just go well that's ass but you show them the Macbeth version i don't know the the one they did a couple of years ago that was basically ganglands in no don't show them that is that um, the sam worthington one no no it's the one up in scotland Oh, like updating, uh, updating the cast is just a good thing in the in, yeah in the because you have double because in, in the new one you're going to have Donald Glover as Simba versus Matthew Broderick. But okay, yeah. Rem- someone else's version of it. Someone else have a crack. Can I just remind you that the company we're talking about here is Disney. They uh, are yeah. designed for kids, right? Yeah. So I've seen the trailer for Dumbo. I would not take any kid to see that i don't have kids personally but any of the kids that i have in my life i'm not taking them to see that why because it's dark and gritty as fuck it's and deep, harry potter shifted an absolute ton because it was dark how and old were you when you saw watership down <laughs> Me? Nah, we don't go there that that's that's an entirely different thing because why? That, no, you're talking about, about like dark and grizzly film no but watership down is heaven not Disney. When you think of Disney, you think of wholesome family entertainment that you can show your kids. Yeah. I'm not showing my kid any of the live action remakes, mostly because they're rubbish. I'd much like my nieces, they've all seen the original Cinderella, the original Dumbo, the original Lion King, and they loved them. Okay. And, and another point, just just sort of lightly tacking in there. But Considering Disney have made a lot of this available on their sort of streaming service, Disney Life in the UK at the moment, if they're really if they're really set on people focusing on this brand new version, why do they not just lock these ones away, lock the originals away? Because it's a different audience. No, you just said it's the same audience. No. Right. They had an audience in 1995 that's now 25 years older, right? Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna want to rapidly watch the 1994 version of the Lion King, right? You've now got a new or a new wave of audience. You've got the new kids that are gonna go. Okay, well I'll give that a swing because it looks new and exciting. Because you've got kids who don't like that old uh, that old animation style. Because that old animation style from the 90s looks old, and they're just like, yeah, well I don't want that. So no, you've got a different... timeless and classic come to mind. Pardon? I mean, nothing is timeless and classic. Timeless and classic. Some of the worst movies I've seen are timeless and classic because they're stuck decades behind and have been shot in a style that was got rid of because it was bone. I'm not saying that's the case on the like I'm just saying that tastes change. Times change. People look at things differently and people want something different. Okay. And you're going to have two versions of the Lion King out there. What the hell's the problem? If you love the 1994 version, like Ian pointed out, that's still out there. That's still going to be shifting every Christmas. But you got the choice between the retro version and the modern version. And then in another 25 years, they'll do another version. 
but the thing about but the thing about remaking a story is yes, do it if you can do it better. They're not doing it better. How do you know they're not doing it better? We haven't seen it. Because I've seen no, 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 their live action remakes. No, like Beauty and the Beast wasn't better. Beauty and the Beast was bad. Cinderella was bad. It wasn't better. Was it bad because you don't like the idea of them doing a remake? No, I went into it going, this could be really cool. And I was, it wasn't better than any other adaptation of Cinderella. In fact, the animated was still the better one. It's a story, because the thing about Cinderella, it's a story you all, everyone knows it, whether you've seen the animated film or not. And it's like, they didn't make you, I'm always of the opinion, remake something if you can do it better. Like, they thought they could. Cinderella <laughs> has an 84 percent score on Rotten Tomatoes it is not a bad film yes but I don't take the Rotten Tomatoes scores that no no Rotten Tomatoes scores are you are people that have seen the film not critics it is general punters that have seen the film yeah but that's the thing it's not a bad film it's just not better than the original so I didn't like the original Cinderella and I liked this one maybe that I don't know because, you know why I liked this one? It was more relatable to me at the age that I saw it. Yeah. So, so okay. you've now got two versions of this story that more people can like. This is what I don't get. It's like there's more to enjoy. It doesn't... They don't come along in the middle of the night, kick down your door, and steal your 1994... DVDs and Blu-rays. You can sit there and you can enjoy the living shit out Which of it. Which is fine, Let but me... the I have is it's not new. I don't want to see the same things from Hollywood. Then don't go and see them! And I don't! But they then keep making their point. shit! Because other people want to see them! But do they? Like, oh, I yes, because it's, it's, it's a bit... making money! Hang on, hang on. I don't hang know on. When I need a live-action remake of Aladdin. Let me interject here. I've got a few points here. Let me interject. <laughs> Let me moderate this before this really gets really into a big showing contest. Right. A few <laughs> things here. A few things here. Now, I was uh, while you guys were, were talking just now, I've been looking looking up on um, on The Lion King's uh, re-release back in 2011 when it came out into uh, 3D formats. And it went to number one in the US and UK box office. And at that time, 2011, 94. So, yeah, we're just coming up towards the 20th anniversary of the film at that time. So were people screaming, why are they re-releasing this movie? We should have new, we should, we should have new original works. It was a limited engagement. Off. It was a limited engagement. So obviously it was an opportunity for people to see it on the big screen if they wanted to. And that's absolutely, and again, they had a choice if they wanted to see it because it came out Blu-ray around the same time. Because again, this was, at, I think this is at, like towards the height of the whole sort of 3D madness that we hit, we saw in cinemas. And again, I, and it's again, going back to, so the original still had a pulling, but the original still has pulling power. But then you sort of, and, and again, you look at things like the music, obviously the Western musical, again, based upon the animated yeah. film. But again, I, but it, that's so that's one that's one area so basically there is still there was still fondness in 2011 for this film to get it to number one in the movie charts and then and then roll back a little bit further to lisa's point of who asked for a lion king an an updated version of the lion king i mean yeah you can i can understand to a point why cinderella might have been done or may or maybe dumbo because yes they are considerably older films and yes it it may be hard to try and get those audiences in but like 
for a film that was successful in 94, had a good success when it came back limited run in 2011, and still quite comfortably in the West End, doing immaculately well, why on earth are we getting another version of the film, which, quite frankly, on two separate occasions, has done well at the box office? Because Maleficent, Cinderella, The Jungle Book, and Beauty Beast did well because they know there is a market out there because they do their market research and they look around and they, they, they go at it and they go, Oh yeah, I'm sorry, but the punters want this and yeah. they made the thing. The, the so other, the, the other... audience is there. Yeah. Upgra- up, and I'm going to hark on about it, the upgrading, like be, having a more diverse cast that is more in line with, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, today's youth hmm. um, is a very good thing. Like the Melissa, um, Melissa, uh, there, <laughs> Sorry, I've got a cold, so I'm a bit of a mess. Um, but the, it was like, as a film goes, from a character that I knew very little about, other than it, she was in that she was the villain of Cinderella, or no, Beauty and the Beast. Sorry, no. Oh my god, you're right. Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. I'm re- that's the one. No, it was one of the three. But the point is, as a story about a character I knew very little about, whose only context I knew was as a villain for another Disney story or a brother's. Is it a brother's grim story? I'm not entirely uh, sure. It's older than the brother's grim, technically, but yes, it, it, they were the right, ones okay, that okay, gave yeah. it to the masses. They were the one that canonized it. So. That was a really good film. Maleficent really thought provocative. Yeah, but the stuff thing is that they butchered the character. Movie. Like what? the character, they butchered the character of Maleficent. She wasn't this namby pamby good fairy that just got done wrong by a man. I, I mean, so. That, but the the point is, in Sleeping Beauty, she is the mistress of all evil. And has all the powers of hell at her command, and then suddenly it's like, no, she's going to look after the baby that she cursed, and like, oh. Okay, number one, I'd, I'd suggest I, you took Maleficent. something a lot different away from that film, <laughs> from what I saw. I, but I, I get the, I get the, because because what you seem to be, like, you seem to think it's a betrayal of character. Yes, it's not the character that we go, that I grew up with. And also the fairies, they completely butchered the fairies, the best part of Sleeping Beauty, and they made them... I think the, the fairies... The key, sentence, the, the, key, the key thing there is it's not the characters you grew up with. Uh, I'm really sorry to say this, but it might not be the characters you grew up with, but it's the characters some new kids grew up with because I mean, they're doing something is... new. that You can't bag on lift because they did something new and different with it. I because you're arguing they should present. do something new and different, but it's and not when they do that... Presence. The, the Maleficent, I'm sorry, they saw how well Wicked was doing and went, hey, we can do that too, and it's a greedy cash grab. That's what it was. It's the movie industry. Everything's a greedy cra- crash yeah, grab. Yeah, but I would at least like them to tr- at least pretend Didn't... that their audience has some semblance of a brain. Just quickly. Hang on. Brain. Just quickly. Really good in that aspect. Just quickly, coming into this. Didn't Maleficent follow the success of Alice in Wonderland? I mean, there's a terrible film in live action. <laughs> because I, I remember it was from the producers of Alice in Wonderland, and I think that was the first kind of 
attempt at the whole sort of. But then again, I. Again, yeah, at least I, Alice in Wonderland was true to the source material. Yeah, which is why it was bad. Yeah, I'm, just, bits, I'm not saying other I'm than not... all the bits that Tim Burton pulled out of his ass for Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah, it was perfectly. It was perfectly following the source material, it, other than all the bits that didn't. It would be good to point out here that Tim Burton's now directing Dumbo. Yeah. Cool. So Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter will be showing up in some retros- in some way, I'm sure. No, I think I think there's um I think there's people in Dumbo. Didn't this all kick off with Oz the Great and Powerful? Well that's but that's not but that I wouldn't count Oz the Great and Powerful as a as a remake. It's can't trying to do a continuation that didn't really work because that falls into the category of pointless prequel because there are so many characters that less is more. No, this all kicked off with Wicked. The Broadway production of Wicked going holy crap, this makes money. And they went, oh, we can just take stories that everybody knows and twist them in some way to make them better. I'm pretty uh, sure the people behind Wicked went, hey, we can make some coin off this. Yeah. And surely it would have been better if Wicked had... So what you're basically saying is Wicked should never have done it? No, I'm not saying Wicked should never have done it. Wicked did it well. Right, Wicked so took established characters that we didn't actually know much about. If you've never read the Frank L. Baum books, you don't know much about these characters. All you know is the Judy Garland film. So they took those characters that you everybody knew and went, "Hey, they're maybe taking there's another side of, story. of characters that everyone knew. Yeah. All of these are characters that have been retold again and again and again and again, and they're taking very specific renditions of stuff that's been retold." a hundred times and they're doing spins on that one retelling i mean alice in wonderland you could the amount of interpretations on that you're just getting hyped about one particular popular interpretation of it that isn't that close to the original so i don't get what the i agree with you that if someone makes a bad movie someone makes a bad movie if someone makes if someone's if the movie's just not good the movie's just not good but if if they're taking well-established, you know, well-known multiple versions of characters and just doing a different spin on a diff on one specific spin, I don't get what all the venom is about this. I'm, I'd, I'd much rather get angry about something like the Transformers movies because they are just things blowing up and blowing yeah, up, and blowing made, up. I mean, one of the Transformers they movies the they just took the they just retold the Arthurian legends with giant robots. So and it made more... a shit ton of money, despite yeah, being but one of the I... worst films in existence. However, the Bumblebee movie has been getting some good critic reviews. Ooh. And has some very nice Generation 1 usage. To be fair, the, yes. the, the, I did like the trailer. It's probably the only Transformers movie I will actually go and see, because I owned that car. Literally, I owned that yellow beetle. <laughs> that was my car. <laughs> that was my beetle. first car. I, I, just, I just don't have a problem with remaking movies. I, I think it all but comes they, down to if they did it well or if they did it badly. And if they do it badly, fine. I mean, like, they remade the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ugh. Did they? Uh, yeah, On the, they TV, yeah. the TV thing. They did the, the TV thing. thing. And I thought they did a pretty weak version of it. And that's fine. Because whatever. I didn't get angry. I couldn't see the point in getting angry about it. Because it's lazy. I think So? It's lazy to decide. Or is it... It's, it's lazy to just be a local Andram to decide to do Macbeth or Hamlet or King Lear. Oh, everyone knows it. Let's just bang it, bang out a version of it, and we're we're good. That's lazy. Lazy is lazy isn't a problem because people 
don't need to go in with a massive backlot of plot. They don't need to go in with a massive, you know, encyclopedic knowledge or whatever, or have something really challenging them. They can just go and watch something they enjoy. Okay. So, you know, I don't think anyone actually enjoys watching Hamlet or Macbeth. <laughs> I really like both of those things. I like They're both really, of them as well. I like the Burner Four Hours. You just said that no one enjoys them, and you just yeah, agreed that you enjoy them. I, yeah. I enjoy them in a weird, warped way because I'm a depressive, you know, shut in. Still enjoying them. I enjoy I mean, them. I'm not kink shaming you. <laughs> with, with, with spectacular usage of language yeah. and an impressive amount of sex and violence. Okay, so, going back to the Lion King, that is basically retelling Hamlet with lions. Yeah, so why aren't you banging on the, the original Lion King? Yeah, but no, you love it. Yeah, and I do. But they they did it different. That's the thing that I like that they they tried something and it worked. They tried something with Maleficent. With Maleficent, so you Malefic- what you say you can oh, Maleficent? You're saying they can only remake stuff if they a do something different and b pass your personal test on it. Hang on, hang on. In, in terms of doing something different, the first trailer for the Lion King re- the, the new version is different. the is the same. Okay, opening so sequence. that is yeah. Okay, so that's that marketing. Is, yeah. Hang on, hang on. What are the chances? Hang on. What are the chances that is actually going to be the opening sequence of the film? Probably strong. About ninety-nine point nine percent chance. Okay, who wants to put money down? I mean, it's a fine, I put a, deal. I put a but fiver I don't down that that is the opening sequence. Fine, but you heard it. Like, what's the what's the point? What's the like yeah. the the reason it's there is to try and be like. Oh, I wonder how they're going to do all these scenes in, li- in yeah. pseudo live action. And then they did it. it. If you want like interesting tellings on Disney stories, you've got you know the live action Jungle Book, or you can watch the Mowgli film, you know yeah. that is recently out on Netflix. That is a different telling of the same story, not by Disney. Yeah, true. I, and it is I, worse for it because mm. it's not what people expected. It's not exactly a great film because think... it's marred by production issues. But you know, I think I will it, say a lot. A lot of remakes aren't particularly great because they're never quite sure what to do. They don't know if they want to do something uh, really new and exciting, or well, if they want is... to do something that, like fifty-fifty, yeah. you know, keeps the I original mean, the... audience, excites the new audience. It, it's a very difficult line to do because if you go too far, then it's you're you're not you're not following. The source material, and you end up with the like weird ass shit, but like the 1998 version of Psycho. And if you do mm-hmm. too close a copy, uh, that movie is you could so go into depth on that, or you can end up with something but, that's just too much of a copy. I think the I think my concern with The Lion King at the moment is it's leading towards the 98 Psycho way because because of that no first trailer. Ever going to do the 98 the Psycho again? That if was it's bad, art. even if yeah. it's bad, it'll make bank, and they'll yeah. continue making these because people are curious as to how they're going to turn out. Oh yeah. Even so, this is the true. other the other thing is that we're now starting to toe the line between like people are just remaking content that they like, but they're not adapting content. Whereas, you know, content that is adapted for other markets or other genres tends to fall on its ass. Mm. And you know, we're seeing this a lot with um, anime. You know, we're getting. Yep. You know, like two day a day after we get news of live action, even uh, not live action, even we get Evangelion on Netflix. Netflix go, yeah, Cowboy Bebop is a thing that exists. Um, but people seem to be up in arms about that, 
but not up in arms about the rebuild of Evangelion. So people don't see remakes and adaptations of new of the of the original material into something different when it comes from the original creators as being bad, even though it's, it's just quite often cash in. I mean, yeah, but it's a different version of the story. That's just it. Like, I don't object to remakes if they try something new. Like, uh, the new She-Ra. <laughs> I realise it's probably not your your not your sort of thing. No, no, it's it no, no, She-Ra's great. But yeah, oh. they, they did they did a re- they did an adaptation of the She-Ra story, and they kept bits from the original, but they made it new and better. The, like, the, the the problem with that is that you're comparing something that was designed and created to sell toys. Like, like the this is something designed to sell toys. Oh. I mean, it's designed to tell stories. That's slightly different. I mean, why did, why, why did they have to do it as Shiro? Why didn't they go and do something completely new and completely different? Because surely that, it, it, your, I, your basic criteria liked... at this point is if you like it or not. That's your bar of whether it was... No, but like, I, would, like, I watched it thinking this is going to be awful because like... I remember I grew up on the original Shira and I was like, it can't. And I watched it and I finished it and I was like, okay, yeah, it's not the original Shira, but it's different enough that, you know, it worked. Okay, I didn't like the whole thing. There were certain parts of it I was like, eh. but as I... a whole, it worked. But like the live action remakes, like Beauty and the Beast is the one that I'm going to go back go back to here because it's, you know, it's been out long enough that most people have seen it and they've seen, most people have probably seen the original. They didn't add anything. There was made no, but the, okay, yeah. So the beauty, but the beauty and beast is a bad adaptation into live action, but it wasn't like the worst cinema atrocity in the world. No, no. there are worse films out there. I'll give mean, you. They, they didn't add anything to Lord of the Rings other than doing it live action. Oh yeah, they Lord took of a Rings. lot out. But well, hang on, no, hang on. But, okay, okay. No, but you, I'm just saying. You no. side. No, no. Hang on, hang on. You side at Lord of the Rings, despite the fact that Lord of the Rings is an impenetrable book. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings is. I, film... I didn't even finish Lord of the Rings. Like once he got the three pages describing a mountain, I gave up. Hey, same here. So why are you sighing? Because your 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 only reference point for, or your only exposure to the story of Lord of the Rings, which is a book written in the 1920s, is by film yeah. in the ni- late. To late nineties, and all that, all if it's in quote marks. So how is that? So how? What was the side for? If that's your only exposure to this particular source material, because everyone deep, holds Hulk, everyone Hulk holds Lord of the Rings up as a brilliant adaptation of Tolkien's work. Because have you the other? Because the other adaptations are bad. Yes, like, the other adaptations the, are the, real bad. Because the, the adaptation of the Peter Jackson films, they're okay. They they're fine adaptations of Lord of the Rings. But they're not really adapting Lord of the Rings. They're Hollywoodizing it and cutting a whole load of shit out. Well, they, they kind of have to. But then they expanded. So, no, so they expanded The Hobbit from one book to three films. When one they did. There is the, a lot. There is well, okay. So that's. I have read The Hobbit. I have actually to, read The Hobbit. That's, that's a different kettle of fish. So The Lord of the Rings, they had to try and compress three books into a cinema-goer's attention span, which meant cutting a lot down into three, into three films. And even then, we didn't get the whole, the whole experience of the Well, books. even then, a lot of people thought it was going to fail because it yeah. was, oh my god, the idea of two-hour-long two movies. Lord of the Rings basically meant that we could have decent-length films. Well, and also, I think, again, that was the... Well, it, was the it was the start of the book franchise 
mm. film franchises because Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter started at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It would have. All I'm saying is, if if Lord of the Rings hadn't, yeah, but the first Harry Potter film wasn't that long. If no, if it was two hours forty-five. I mean, the first I mean, Harry Potter film. Two seconds. I will confirm. Carry on talking. An hour. How much? An hour. How long? No, the first Harry Potter film wasn't long compared to the, the later yeah, Harry Potter films, but yeah, they cut a load of stuff out of that first Harry Potter The film. first Harry Potter film was two hours and 32 minutes. Wow. That's actually fairly lengthy. for a Didn't realise I was that drunk when I watched it. But, here's... <laughs> but that was the thing. Like, they, still, they, they took Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book, which is not a long book compared to Lord of the Rings. <sighs> the first book is not long. Harry Potter. I'm not talking about the whole book series as a whole, but like the first Lord of the Rings book is a fairly weighty tome, and yet even Harry Potter in a two and a half hour movie, they still cut a lot of stuff out. But so I can't my, my point them is, to do that. yeah, but the point it's... is, if you're going to adapt something, why not be faithful to the thing, the source material? Okay, 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 but you cannot adapt something one to one. That is an impossibility. It would also be some awful. of the, so this, like the original source material is also subject to not being infallible, right? The original yeah. source material can be bad. You know, out of the two versions of Old Boy, the film is better than the original manga. I've never seen either, so I wouldn't be able to comment. Okay. <laughs> But let's just forget Spike Lee's version. Uh, ooh, I haven't actually seen that yet. Spike Lee did a version of Old Boy. Yeah, Yeah, Spike Lee did the US remake with uh, Josh Brolin. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Oh wow! (laughs) But then, but there you have a um, like you have a threefold thing, right? So you have the original manga into a Korean film. And then you have a Western adaptation for an audience that potentially wouldn't have seen the original. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter how close they stick to the source material. Yeah. You know, in the same way that what The Departed is viewed as an amazing film, it's a remake of Infernal Affairs. Mm-hmm. Mm. But my, 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 my point is if you're going to, if you want to adapt something, why are you changing it? Because surely if you're adapting a book to a movie or a manga, it's a, a, a okay, great example. Changing it from the original because you obviously liked the original enough an, to adapt it into an, another an adaptation. If you're going to adapt something, you have to adapt it to the audience, the medium, and you have to adapt the story to fit those two cap- those two criteria. Dune is a In, great example. People have repeatedly tried to adapt Dune to uh, the screen oh. and They've been having massive problems because it's so hard to adapt. Because there's a story, there's pra- you know, it's it's this big war story with practically no fight scenes in it for a start. And how do you, you know, you're given these descriptions of things that, like the massive great, you know, some of the main bits of technology in it. The entire description you have is the equivalent of trying to work out what a car is because they go, they opened the door, sat in it, and turned the wheel, and that's like it. That's that's so. Trying to adapt from a book to a film is, in some cases is nightmarish. And when you're taking yeah. it something like like Old Boy or definitely Japanese to what uh, Oriental to Western uh, movies, you've got a completely different movie tradition. You've got a vi- yeah. com- again completely different visual language. There's key key uh, you know like signifiers and sequencing and editing techniques that we just people just don't get over this place it's just traditions they don't get so if you want to make a movie like old boy more palatable is the wrong world comprehensible 
uh, to a Western audience, you need to redo it. You essentially need to translate it. And yeah. then you just, so but that that's does, why that doesn't work because I'm going to bring up the Dragon Ball Z movie. Oh, but the dra- okay, but that's so, not a Dragon Ball Z movie. That's a Dragon Ball movie. Okay, dra- you can't Ball compress three hundred episodes into a film. Even Dragon Ball didn't do that. No, I know. Like, but the original they... source material is not. Tra- I saw that like, movie they, they... and I enjoyed it. I'm going to put my cards on the table. It, I saw it on a Thursday night with a couple of mates, and it was it was perfectly good fun. How drunk were you? Uh, wait, I wasn't. Is this evolution? Yeah, uh, the one that was in the cinema a while ago. It, oh. it would be evolution. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean live live action. Action. it's that terrible whitewash one where they go and find the seven Dragon Balls and I then... enjoyed it. Sorry. To be fair, I don't know who what audience that film is for because uh, it, it, it arguably it's not because it wasn't for Dragon Ball fans. But then again, like the the entire point of adaptation is for adapting something that for people that wouldn't have been fans of the original in the first never, place never forget that in so many of these uh, these occasions when you go the 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 number of fans there are out there versus the number of people you need to get in there to see it it's it's not even worth thinking about i think it's, it's in that line of case in point think of things like ghost in the shell and so forth movie deal with it, it wasn't brilliant i, I didn't mind ghost in the shell but i yeah. think I think Ghost in the Shell was not being aimed at the people that loved the anime. But also, because there's the less about, of them. But the thing about Ghost in the Shell was why did that need to be made when there is a perfectly serviceable film already existing? Then why didn't that film do better? Because, why hasn't that film got more pickup? Why haven't more people seen that film? Why was so many people's first introduction to Ghost in the Shell, that movie, if it's such a brilliant movie, it hasn't got the audience. Because it didn't have a theatrical theatrical release in the Western world and it didn't have the big name of Scarlett Johansson in it. But it's also 20 years old. I think there's also I think there's also the the element that at the time Ghost in the Shell originally came out, along with Akira, along with a lot of other Old hey, there was a huge films. gap between Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Don't okay. don't fuck up your timeline. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, but no, even when those films were made and released, the audience is just again. It's like I think I think all of us as anime fans or people who love Japanese animation can attest that when we got into it, most people, if you mentioned anime to people, either dismissed it as just a cartoon or porn. And yeah. there was no, and there was no sort of element. I mean, to it, so yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, those are the good parts of it, but <laughs> I mean, the problem that we had when we were trying, like, yo, oh, no, no, anime is really good. You had, the, you had, you know, like I remember trying to show people uh, recordings or VHSs of tapes that I'd bought, which at the time was I had the choice of Akira, the crappy manga dub, Ghost in the Shell, or Pat Labor. And while I lo- still love Pat Labor as the better of the three personally, because I apparently like bureaucracy-based mech shows. <laughs> Got mechs! Who doesn't? Ghost in the Shell was the more enticing because it had the naked lady in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the naked yeah. But going going into you, 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 you can't re- like, there are movies out there that I would say Will, can never be remade because they are the pinnacle of the adaptation. Not necessarily. Gone with the incredibly long and is incredibly dull and it is not in keeping with the book. Anyway, next target. 
Okay, uh, Magnificent Seven. I know they've remade that. Magnificent was a remake. That was the westernization yeah. of Seven Samurai. Yeah. yeah. Next example. But the thing is, the Magnet, the Yul no, Brenner version. Next example. Oh, ben Hur. Ben Hur. I think Ben Hur was a remake. Uh, first one. Two seconds. Oh no, there wasn't. There was another one at the cinema two years ago. There was a remake of the original Ben Hur from the 1950s. I think it was. But we're not saying remakes There definitely has been a Ben Hur remake in the last couple of years. I will yes, find this out. Was, and it was and terrible. But the night but Ben Hur itself, that has got a load of effects in it, a load of sequences that look dodgy as hell. The acting was 50 style style stifled stuff. It you show you try and show that to a modern audience these days, they'll just look at it and go, Yeah. It, they won't it just looks false the way it's done is is so of its era in a way yeah, you could easily you could easily modernize it and just make it more naturalistic they tried it sucked uh, i mean we're not we're not defending that like adaptations and remakes are just inherently good because they take the source material and change it there is a line where people can go like okay well this is adapted for a new audience and it's still bad right because mm-hmm. production companies can fuck up yeah but there's no reason jobs of adapting source material there's no reason you couldn't do a better version better version of ben-hur there's no reason you can't update that thing and do, do a mod a, a modern version of it there's no, there's nothing that you'd especially lose if you did you know whether you made a good or a bad film think, fine but the, yeah. doing yeah. You could easily make a better, a more modern version of Ben Hur and have it be a good film. Okay, the fact that a bunch of people did it and balled up because a lot of the time when they're doing these things, they're basically going, "Can we buy a well-known IP cheap?" and then they shit it out because they think the name itself will carry the movie. That's a different issue. But if you're saying, "Oh, they can't do any remakes," why not? I mean, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, absolutely brilliant movie. The original, absolutely gorgeous film and then they remade it in the 70s and it was brilliant because it was all about that time and then they remade it in the 90s and that was brilliant because it was all about the time why they haven't done a fourth one of it i don't know they did it was called the invasion with nicole kidman and daniel craig i haven't seen that one i'll have to get that was that was put through develop that was kind of held back from cinemas for for like year after year because someone wasn't very happy about it uh yeah 2007 nicole kim and daniel craig directed by oliver hershbriegel okay and with reshoots reshoots by uh james mcteen the director of even data how did that do uh, I will take the box office totals. Two seconds. Yeah, I have a friend who's seen that movie, and he's. I said to him, "Should I say it?" And he said, "Only if you can drink." Uh, from a budget of eighty million dollars, it grossed fifteen. That's not good. No, <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> but the and other, the, the other cast. two, the, uh, the other, the other two remakes, they did fine. They did because they well. did something different. They tr- They made it better. They did better than the original. That's the yeah, thing I'm saying about remakes. Is yes, fine, make remakes. What you're basically but, saying is, 
is that if a if you do a bad remake, that's bad. So you, you're basically saying if you make a bad film, it's a bad film. Okay, yes. fine. We've established the fact that if a film is bad, a film is bad. Can we move on? No, because <laughs> all that Hollywood is producing at the moment is remakes and adaptations of films that have already been out. Where's other the new stuff? The, other than all the stuff that they bring out that isn't adaptations. Oh my god. You know the irony of this at the moment is we're talking about the original stuff, and the original <laughs> stuff is the stuff that ends up getting nominated for Oscars, which, which people don't see. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like because the market is glutted with remakes and adaptations of stuff people have already seen, so they're like, oh, we'll go with the safe bet because we, we know we'll like it. Uh, it's like, okay. I'm much so, rather see the new, okay. the new stuff. At the moment... At the moment, what we've got in the Cambridge cinema, I've got A Star is Born, I've got Overlord, I've got Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep, Star is Born has been remade at least three times previously. Yeah, and that was so, up for Golden Globes and all that stuff. I still need to see that. Okay. So, Casino uh, Royale is also a remake. Yeah. It's, I would say it is a bit of a re. If anything, it's a re a reboot is a remake. Uh, if, you're, they, if you're remaking no, no, something, no, no, no. okay, then it's... okay, okay. Casino Royale, um, the original we... film war with David Niven and Woody Allen and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, was a complete and utter spoof fest, which was just trying to ride on the back of Bond. Yes, it is oh, a Bond yeah, yeah. novel, but it was never actually part of the Bond canon. It never was. Yeah. However, so Casino Royale in 2006, I would kind of say would be their own attempt at yeah. trying to do that novel i mean if you go back even further you've but that's, got but, that's not, but you're you're this is something that like, it's a good film it's a really good film that you know what, Sellers some, version. no no not the piece version. Oh but, like, <laughs> but like that is an adaptation for the now right yeah so they, that is they a, use the they use the book source material uh, what we got? We got Aquam. Uh, so, so we basically everything in the cinema at the moment is either a a, a, a adaptation or other, a than all the, or other than all the things that are. What, what about we got? Overlord? So Overlord releases. Think the separate two. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Weiss, that's original. Clara's Ghost. That's original. Mary Queen of Scots. That's original. Dumpling. That's original. Ben is black. Dumpling's on Netflix. It doesn't count. Uh, these are ones. Re these are ones released. Anna and the Apocalypse. Asher. Hospitality, Black Road, Swing with what Men. If you're, I'm if going you're over movies that have been released this year. You're telling me they're not releasing stuff. Bernie the Dolphin, American Meme. Uh, what else we got? Uh, there's a one about Hayao Miyazaki, Maine, Mortal Engines, Mule. Uh, if Bell Street could talk, never. Uh, do, 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 beyond, beyond White Space, The Quake, Bounty Killer. That's definitely not a remake, although it probably looks like a thousand other movies you've watched. Okay. Backtrack. There's loads of new movies coming let's, out. Loads. Let's rewind. Let's rewind a little bit here. Um, so, obviously, the point we've been talking about is obviously how Disney have gone about it and how we feel about some of these Disney remakes coming out. Now, we obviously talked about the negative sides of things. Obviously, it, it comes across one as being lazy. It comes across as 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 something that has no merit. But then you look at, I will put a, a good counter argument here. But you look at some of the films coming up, like Aladdin and Mulan, for example, and they've actually they've actually tried to put diversity into the cast because Mulan is being filmed with Chinese actors, yeah. Aladdin is being filmed with Asian actors. Yes, you might have Will Smith appearing as the genie, but they are trying to diversify the stories a bit, which, which in, in this climate today is, is a good thing. Do you know the one thing, good thing I'm going to actually say about the Disney's adaptations is Mulan. 
they are actually not recreating the Disney animated film. There's no music. There's no singing. It's not a musical. Uh, they've changed okay. the story. They're following a little bit more closely to the legend of Far Mulan. And they're mm -hmm. actually telling the story in a different way. Probably not going to work, but they're trying something different. The only well, yeah, but the thing is Disney Mulan. I think the way you can look at this is it's it's not just for the Western audiences because mm. obviously at the moment the we have talked about this the Chinese box office is just as important as the as the American box office at the moment. Oh, probably more so. Yeah. So you ne never never forget that there's a the number of Western movies that can get released in China is so mm. limited. I mean, if you get released there, you'll make an absolute packet, but it's only like one a month that can come through. Mm. So, but, the, if, but if Mulan's being made by Disney with a chi obviously with a with a Chinese audience and uh, not Chinese audience, a Chinese uh, cast and that in mind, I don't know if that would change. Are they producing it in China? Because that might change the rules. I'll have to have a look. I I'll mean, I mean I'm assuming that. it's along the lines of like the Great Wall and uh, Warcraft, where like stuff just does well. Or they sort of get that Chinese money, film a load of it in China uh, because of that localization aspect. Well, just... Donnie Yen and Jet Li are in the Mulan live action. Doesn't it? But it's being directed, but it's directed by Nikki Kara, who is uh, New Zealand. Yeah, and it's being produced by Walt Disney Pictures, and um, and it's the United. It's being done in the United States. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not really interested in it, but I, I didn't know if they were doing the production on it, so... They are filming in New Zealand and China, so maybe if they film in China, they I get... don't. I don't think filming in China... It's got to be will, like the they Chinese know, production. They will get subsidies. Because they oh, yeah, no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about whether they'll get... Uh, whether the subsidies will foreign limits. Well, yeah. But from, from that perspective... Can we say that there is some that, that even though we might be frustrated by certain stuff like The Lion King, that things like Aladdin and Mulan being able to put that diversity in the story, yeah, since cool. the animation, it, it, can can we say can we agree that that is a good thing in itself? Yeah, yeah. diversity of representation matters. I'm not saying mm. that it's all bad, but there are other stories they could have told with representation in just as well. Mm. But I what I think what annoys me most about it is they're banking on people going, hey, the original was really good, so the remake must be good, and then... How I don't understand why... Okay, so like the, the money-driving aspect is something that we can't really not... We can't ignore that. We're talking about pieces of art that take that cost half a billion to make. You know, wait, uh, wait, wait, are we classing some of these films as art? Yeah, it's art. It's an art. <laughs> It, okay. Yeah, deal with it. Um, we're talking about things that are, are phenomenally expensive, and that are being made for money. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put forward the proposition that, like previously, the bulk of stuff in cinemas was crap, and the bulk of it was essentially just remakes and remakes and remakes of other movies. Now, all they're doing instead of just getting this season's Danny DeVito movie that's a remake of something small and exciting, where they're now just being honest and just sticking with the names of what they're ripping off when they do the remake. It's 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 not a huge change better? of what's being got. 
I'm not, We're not I'm saying, saying it's, it's better. Not, I'm saying it's not much of a change to what there was before. If you're looking for new and exciting, you don't go to the tentpole movie at the you know at Leicester Square because you know it's some big ass corporate p- just thing designed to shit cash. If you want to see new and exciting and innovative, you don't go to the corporate mainstream stuff. You go to the indies. You go you go to where the exciting cinema is. It's like turning up to McDonald's and complaining that you don't like the new burger they made. You know, it's like, well, it's a flaming McDonald's. What did you expect? But to build on that, obviously if if we don't want to see ten point releases and we go off and see the small hits. Now, again, you look at the uh, the westernization, uh, the westernization updates of some of these obviously foreign language films. So again, you look yeah. at Vernon Fez, Departed. Uh, more recently, you look at The Girl That Drank Her Too, where you go from um, New Rapace and the Swedish TV movie style up to David yeah. Fincher and Daniel Craig. So, mm-hmm. uh, so again, doesn't that still kind of? I think the point I'm trying trying to go with here is. Obviously, we're avoiding the tempo releases, but then these films themselves are becoming the tempo releases. If that makes Sorry. sense. No, it doesn't. What do you mean by that? Well, I okay. Mean- here's here's the, here's the example. Drang to Two, yeah, uh, was very successful on the uh, English and American sort of indie indie cinema scene. It was successful there, yeah, yeah. So Sony pick up the film to re- yep. to do an English version. They hire David Fincher. They hire Daniel Craig. And they hire a good established cast as well it gets it gets as well it gets a few oscar nominations thrown its way as well because i think rooney mara got an oscar nomination for playing Lisbeth salander and and all that sort of stuff so again they're kind of sony have taken this very small the small sleeper sort of hit and repackaged it into a hollywood hollywood tentpole per se for adults and it came out but then again what's the problem doesn't that just mean that all all of these these smaller films will ultimately end up if they get picked up and, and repurposed and all that, they'll end up as tempo releases that will then some of us will still complain about some, yeah, some people are gonna gonna com- complain about that kind of stuff whatever you know those movies okay so taking girl with a, drag- a dragon tattoo that was made in a very specific style which uh partly because of just the sensibilities of where it was made mm-hmm. okay uh which meant that it was inaccessible to a number of people just it's difficult to watch if you don't know that style, right? Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, part of the reason they shot it that way was because they didn't have any money, okay? So when you then go and give people that bag of cash, they're able to shoot the movie in a way that a lot more people will dig and a lot more people like. So a lot more people have gone and seen that story. And Hollywood has been re- buying up small movies and then making big-ass remakes of them for ages. So I don't see what the problem is. The story's getting out there and more people are seeing the story. If you love the story, why are you upset about more people seeing it? Why, why would I mean, anyone the, be upset? The other caveat is that that original story is still there. Yeah. So you can still go and experience how it was meant to be or how um, yeah. the, the true expressionist way that it was um, created. But wasn't the whole thing of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo uh, a book adaptation yeah by the way yeah yeah book adaptation in uh, original book that came out in sweden that adapted in sweden so like there's literally no it's not an original film in that in that yeah. regard then it's just the first time it's been told in cinema yeah so there's no such thing as an original idea so i don't really understand i can understand why on the surface you might see it being lazy that 
people are just recycling stories that have already been made, already been told. But we have been telling the same stories and the same like ideas for mm. eons now. You know, like the there war are, stories, there the, the amount of ten World stories. War II stories. There's yeah. that there's that theory. There's there's millions of iterations of it and how you do it. But I mean the one the one thing I always go back to is compare it to something like music, because I'm a screaming muso. And if you've got a band that does their you know, that does a fifty quid you know, a five hundred quid recording of their song, then that can be great and they can, you know, they'll 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 shift copies and then they'll get a decent record deal and then they'll do you know, because you've just got four people, they can then go and do that big ass proper version with all the nice sound and all that. When it comes to a movie, because you've got so many people involved in it, and a lot of people, especially on the indie scene, don't necessarily have the technical skills to really push it. When you then get the money together to make the better, shinier version of it, you can't have the same people doing it. So that's with those things, they do the remakes and they do a lot of them just as a, you know, practically a lift and remake the movie and do it as a different thing because that's what they have to do to get it out to that audience. I don't, I just don't get why people get so angry. I mean, if it's a bad film, it's a bad film, but if it's a good or a reasonable film, why scream from the hits? I think we are kind of just like going around in circles. Yeah. It's like, what, what was the original? Was it, was the topic just how do we feel about remakes or was the, I think it was, was, I think we were trying to make it. I think in terms of what we were talking about, it was just kind of, I think with with Disney in particular, considering they have watched so many sort of non non remade films over the over the many many years, why have they all suddenly just decided to dry up all these sort of original films or their their original studio style films to focus all on this I've, live action? I, I, I think that's where the money is because if you look yeah. at like, I think a lot of people just saw what Marvel. Like, I, I say the industry just saw what Marvel was doing and turning their pro, their IPs into this this cinematic universe or whatever. Like why would like, that is basically them going, well, we've got these things that have been around since the 1960s or earlier. Why don't we update them for now and make, you know, and you know, make all the money in the world, you know, like stories that don't need updating. I no, 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 no. Mm. Comics stories are bad. No, no. (laughs) I'm talking the Disney ones like snow white. But they're already Cinderella. remakes of they're already remakes of old stories. Okay. They're based on fairy tales. But your viewers' studio have already done that story. Why not do a new one? Well, I, okay. So Marvel will remake Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Yeah, they it just takes me So, like, we will get into a point where they will finish. We will finish this cycle of the Avengers, and then maybe ten years down the line, the, the cycle will just start up again. At that point, uh, you know, like. Disney have even cranked out shitty sequels to their own versions of the film. There's there's a Lion King two. There's probably a Lion Only King. Only yeah. There's a Lion King three, and then there's like I think a fourth yeah, one. Why series. why are you so like I don't understand the the um, like the vitriol to remakes that update the cast of characters, not the cast of characters, the like cast the cast of, of representation. Okay, no, but they're up, up, upping the representation of those characters because they have to. Because in the Lion King, they're up there. They're, we're suddenly showcasing people of color when they're playing. I don't know monkeys or hyenas or lions. That's not really upping the representation. That's just changing the voice actors. But but hang on, no. But people of color are getting work. Yes, in, which is great. In more prominent, high-profile films. Yeah, and that's but you're, not, but you're against that. No, you I'm not. You're, 
You, no, you I'm just not against it. He's just using an old story to suddenly go, oh, look, aren't we so diverse? No, tell an actual new story and put like people of colour or women of colour or whoever in the but, title but role. Hollywood, but Hollywood does that. But Hollywood does that, and they win Oscars, and no one still goes to fucking see those films. Yeah. But I think we've already discussed. I think nobody pays any attention to the Oscars. It's not why we go. Yeah, to- because they're all going off to see to see the temple stuff. Um, the, Disney's basic. Disney is remaking this stuff because it's going to make them coin. So if the, if Disney's going to go where the coin is, which they're going to do, then what's I just don't get what the problem they, is. It doesn't the cynical the cynic the cynical bit in me is to say like look all right they're going to remake these films it's an inevitability thing because they want to keep the copyright because the audience wants them because the audience that, keeps that is going also the thing but how so like the cynical thing is how do you recreate the Lion King. Uh, we throw what what's hot right now. People want diversity. We throw a diverse cast in. Well, okay. to be fair, the the Lion King's already a remake of Kimber the White Lion anyway. So, so why are you so defensive of it when it's a re- when it's now we've now got it down to what two or three things? It's a remake of. It's they have I... look. This is Disney. They have more money than they know what to do with. They make new stories. Frozen, Moana, for two really. Did incredibly well at the box office, if I remember my figures right. But yet they're just remaking their old stuff. It's but Disney. M- Disney shouldn't yeah. be remaking. But, the it, old but in, stuff. okay, are they, but are in they... that vein, they made The Incredibles, right? Yeah, they made Incredibles two. Not not exactly. Incredibles two isn't exactly a great film. They are doing new stuff. No, but Incredibles two is just a sequel to Incredibles. That's not new. It's the same characters again. It's not a new. But it's a different story. But but in that instance, like, are you saying that these characters can only exist for one film and for one story, and that's it? No, but then they're not making sequels to The Lion King, are they? They're remaking The Lion King. They have made, and of which they have made sequels to The Lion King. Which and I should they're that sure that they can remake sequels for this. But They've when Disney goes and adapt, when Disney goes to adapt complex stories like A Wrinkle in Time, they don't sell well. Well, no, because the, the, have you read the Wrinkle in Time books? Yeah, it's complica- complicated. It's in, as fuck. That, is, that is one that is impossible to recreate in any other medium other than book. But they never going to work. In, it's never going to work. They've they've tried to make a Wrinkle in Time before. This isn't the first so adaptation just, of it. Just just to clarify, Disney's have, Disney's got Artemis Fowl coming out. It's got Noel coming out. Uh, to be fair, the Artemis Fowl doesn't look too bad. That they are making. Uh, what else they got? They There's got a Frozen Two coming next year. I'm no. Uh, another sequel. So. They've got. Uh, they've got at least two movie, two more. I think they got two animations in um, in 2020. So they're still doing like two, two or three original, or at least new, mo- new animated movies a year. Uh, what was their old schedule like? Uh, it was usually one. It usually became like one every year and a half. Yeah. So um, they did one for like the summer, and then they did one for like Christmas time. So they're still doing their two movies a year. They're just also doing a bunch of live action. So that stuff's we, still yeah, out yeah. there. I mean, yeah, we, I, I mean, it's it's kind of like we're getting, um, like we're getting new stuff, and we are getting yeah. Um, okay. Like, if you wanna... we, we got Zootopia. Zootopia was a great new story. But what happened? But here, here we go. What happens when they turn around and start doing Zootopia again? Well, what do you mean? Well, well, 
No, not Zootopia 2, but obviously if they're going down the idea... So? Well, that, that's a bridge I will come to in like 20 yeah. years. I, I don't... In 20 years, they do... Because Zootopia had a this, lot of stuff in it that was quite clunky. In 20 the years' time, that, they do another shot of it, and they do it better. I don't get this the thing, the thing, The thing with a lot of this stuff is like... If you want to, okay. So, how do you in 2018 or 2019 sell Dumbo, mm. the original cartoon Dumbo? What do you market? Uh, well, it's a kids' cartoon film. Can't really avoid the whole racism aspect. And in okay, a, you keep in a, in a racist aspect of Dumbo. There is one sequence in Dumbo that is incredibly racist. I'm not going to deny that. You, this is, okay, okay, okay. You know, what's his just, name? Lost you, his shot. You... Lost. What's his name? Um, lost his shot at the Oscars because of one statement. Yeah. So he only takes one, and the thing is, it's okay. So there is only one incredibly racist thing in Dumbo. It's a, it's in a kids film. You cannot yeah, okay. sell that. Name, name me any kid who's going to know what Jim Crow is. Well, in this day and age, it could be a lot of people. Okay, I'm sorry. Dumbo, I would say, is aimed at maybe five, six, seven-year-olds. I don't know any seven-year-old who has any okay, idea but if you Okay, is. okay, but then, then you have the flip side. As a parent, could you, would you, in reasonable conscience, show your child something which has a racist scene in it? It would depend on the context. No, no, no. I, what do you mean? No. Depends on the context. Because if your I'm context show, is this kid doesn't understand what Jim Crow is. Someone, I'm not going to show them a film where someone's using the N word and being absolutely. No, but that's. But that's I different. would show them Dumbo, and if they ask me about it, I would explain to them that this is what it's about. Nowadays, this is not acceptable. Okay, and, but then what if, what if they turn around to you and go, well, then why did you show me that? Because it's a Dumbo. It's a Disney film about an elephant that, that can fly. That doesn't excuse it. That doesn't excuse I'm not saying it excuses ra the racism. It's then, like Song of the South. I'm not saying that's a brilliant film, but I don't think it needs to be completely forgotten by history because if we but, forget but, okay, it, but, we don't but there learn is a different, it. But there is a different from looking at something through an academic lens to examine the film and to show it to a child. Which is why I'm not having children because one, like, I can't stand I'm not, them. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, but I am not, I, uh, it doesn't matter whether you personally want children or not. It is a kid's film. It was yeah, aimed at show, children in the 1940s. In fact, I have shown my nieces Dumbo. So you, all, they saw, so you, all they saw was a cartoon about a, a, an elephant and a mouse, and there were some crows in it for about five minutes. That's all. They don't even remember but, that bit. They remember the pink elephants on parade more than anything else. So that's what they took. The, I know, okay, so that's what they took away from it. But you knew better. Yeah, I did, and I was. I said but to them. But you still parents, showed it to them. I, I yeah, can't because agree I, with I that. Said to, because I said to them, if they have questions about it, I will answer it. And my nie older niece has now had questions about it, and I've explained to her that that was the product of the time. You can't whitewash history. Excuse the pun. I don't know if that was actually a pun. You can't. Just because a film has a bad thing in it does not mean you can suddenly say, no, that film never existed. It's the problem with Song of the South. I'm going to bring that one up again. Yes, Song of the South is incredibly racist. And like, I would not show that to a child nowadays until they're a lot older and can understand why it's bad. But it, is, it existed and it was a part of history. And if we try and take that away, we're then saying that, no, no, that issue wasn't a problem. 
because we'll just make it go away. I don't believe in coddling children. It's why I've also shown children Watership Down. That's just cruel. That That is a slightly what, cruel. They were older kids. But yeah, I read the book when I was a kid. I saw Watership Down when I was about eight. Hardcore. Yeah. I... There is the um because of Watership Down. There is the still cry about. I'm not watching that remake. I am not watching that. I do not have the courage. Right on. Stop it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, you. Uh, no, I'm not watching that remake. I don't care if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I am uh, not taking the critic, that. The, the critics have come back saying they've been they've been happier with a inverted comments toned down version of Warship Down. I am not trusting them for a minute. Well, the, the, crit the critics at the moment, the, the current consensus, it's all, it's popped up on um, on a few websites at the moment. Critics have welcomed the toned down version, but they don't like the animation. Well, that's, a that's to be honest, that's a pretty... That, if that's the case, that's something that needed a new version because it was brutal. I mean, that... It's true to the book. And... Why, why, why can't why why can't a child why can't a children's animation be brutal? Hey, go for it! I, if if they want to see that version, but we've now got like the brutal version and the non-brutal version. I'm not Is saying it... kids' animation can't be brutal. I'm saying that that one. Yeah, they've only said toned brutal. it down. They haven't said it's better. <laughs> I don't know. Well, toning down but a brutal, but a brutal version will not be a kids' film. Yeah, Parents will not take yes, their kids to see it. Was. Yes, they well, did. I still got the scars. No, no, I, I, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. But, like, during that time period, marketing was very different, right? Yeah. So they were potentially going, like, oh, here is a here is a gritty film for kids, right? Yeah. No, and I don't parents think didn't that. know better until they got there and saw it. No, the, reason, yeah. I, the reason I saw Watership Down at 8 was my, I was ill, and my mother went to the video store to rent me a video to watch. While I was because they didn't sick. know what it was. And yeah. all, oh, look, it's got cute bunnies on the front. She likes bunnies. And then I watched it and I was like, Mom, why did you get me this movie? And she's like, why? I'm like, well, it was kind of, you know, gory. It, it was kind of watership down and it's probably less frightening to show a kid nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and then the animals of Farving Wood came along. Oh, yes. Ugh. That one was great. I loved that. Books, books were better. <laughs> Uh, okie dokie. Well, I, I, I think this is a subject that, like, myself, Raggedy Man, and Michael are not going to agree on. <laughs> I mean, they. Uh, yeah, I think it could be one that could just keep going on. I think. <laughs> I mean, we we have yet talked, not yet talked about the greatest of Disney films of Sky High. Oh, oh hi. Jesus oh. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> greatest what? I thought we were making that by actually making it worth making in the first place. Wait, I mean, uh, wait a minute. Uh, not sure. I think there's a Sky High 2. I don't know if that's... That Hang on. I'm, the, I'm, amount, I'm... the amount of cash-in sequels they've done is frightening. I think Sky High 2 was like a Disney Channel one. I don't think it was like... Uh... No, Sky High was an actual cinema release. Kurt Russell... no, 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 Sky High was, but I think there was I know there was a sequel in the Listen, world. Listen, with, with people bumming My Hero Academia, Sky High 
It was just <laughs> chef kiss. Oh, yeah. No, no. November 2016, it was announced that Disney is developing a sequel to Sky High and that the film is in early development stages. That's all it says. Yep. Because they looked at My Hero Academia and went, we like money. But then Legendary turned around and said they're going to adapt My Hero Academia into a live action movie in October of this year. Yeah. The, the one thing I'd like to say is the number of these original movies that people hold dear and have close to their heart i i just want to point out that oh the, the vast bulk of them people involved in it were doing it for the cash yeah i, I mean a lot of a lot absolutely. of people doing a lot of things for cash yeah i mean that this when people moan about a cash in it's like well the original wasn't exactly done for the betterment of mankind alone they weren't sitting there going oh what a what a ran- random thing that people gave us money for this this uh, trip to the cinema. I would say, right. case in point, that is correct. Pretty much a majority of the horror remakes have come out. Well, that's true. Yeah. Isn't it? Do you like, know how many Amityville movies there are? Oh god, lots. I've only seen one. Guess. I've only seen the Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, one. but let's talk about the ta- there's ha- like how many chainsaw Texas chainsaw massacres are there? Eight. There you go. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, including including Freddy's Nightmares or not including Freddy's Nightmares? Including anything that has anything to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Eleven. Okay, then there's the Halloween franchise, you know, the Mike Myers uh, one. Yeah, I know. Curiously enough, yes, I know the Halloween. That is... Well, I know, apparently I was having this conversation with someone before and they didn't know which ones I meant. Apparently there's another Halloween franchise yeah, out. Yeah, it came out in yeah. uh, October. Good reviews, had decent box yeah. office in America. Sequel oh, that, coming. No, that's, that's the same franchise. Yeah, same franchise. Yeah. yeah, apparently, apparently, there's another Halloween film franchise out there. I really? Don't yeah, apparently. Because mm. uh, like the Mike, you know, the Mike Myers one, the one with the. Oh, there's, Hall- there's Halloween three. Uh, the season of the witch. Season of the witch. That's uh, that was when they were trying to turn it into a let's have a movie come out. That was when they were trying to do a proper franchise. It was a really nice idea, actually. Every Halloween, they'd release a movie. But it would be a standalone thing. It would just oh, like an like anthology. A... Yeah, they were trying to make it into an anthology series. That's uh, that's where uh, Halloween Three came from. Even though now Halloween Three is part of the Mike Myers universe because they've got multiple references to the stuff in uh, I think it was Nine and possibly H Twenty and definitely the most recent one. See, like the horror, the horror genre is not what I'm really into. So I bounty very knowledge here. May have watched some of these movies. It's more than possible, but uh, again, I, I, I mean, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so Disney remaking stuff and putting new spins on it. Basil, the Great Master Detective. Yeah, yeah. Are they remaking, they're remaking that. No, no, no. I mean, the Great Master Detective is obviously a Sherlock Holmes-inspired story. Yeah, and Shane, funny enough, it's one of the ones that they don't, they don't properly kind of. Celebrate more because um it didn't do great no. gu- great guns no yeah no. most people I know who sort of grew up when it came out love it so like that I can see that if they did a live action remake for the the nostalgia that I could see doing really well there's there's a lot if of they do a I good version. Few, I mean the thing is like I saw a lot of uh, tweets around the live action stuff and people were like why don't they do Atlantis why don't they do treasure like Plan- treasure treasure planet they- treasure planet treasure planet a remake and a reimagining of Treasure Island um honestly yeah, they did a lot of those different. didn't shift I mean putting it into space isn't exactly doing a lot different that's pushing it a little bit it's it just was like pretty much it was it's like it was... Jason in space like 
hey, no, no, you do not diss Jason Tenten <laughs> in space. That oh, was so a dear. masterpiece. What? What? What was this? Jason Ten, Jason in space is an absolute yes. masterpiece of the genre. You do no, you do you. <laughs> it, it, you it do was not this sit con- there and talk that shit. That was a brilliant movie. I I, I, I saw already, Jason, okay. Jason X was the first. Jason X was the first. Uh, Jason film sort of cinema. I actually quite enjoyed that. It's a great movie because apart from anything else, it absolutely rips the piss out of all the other Jason films. It is one of the most self-aware parts of that series. Okay, and you're gonna, if you're going to sit there because you've already, uh, Liz, Lizzie, you said that you're not a huge huge horror movie fan, Shelley. I don't know how much you've seen, but you're going to have to bring your A game to take down that. To okay. that, I, I have that is the, one of the few horror movies I've actually seen with Jason in space. And I wouldn't actually class it as a horror movie because it's not scary. It's a Jason movie. It's still not scary. Yeah, but I've not seen any of the other Jason movies. Well, so they, I've, I've seen snips of them, but I've just been like, nope, not watching that. Yeah, the, the funny, the funny thing with I think horror films, especially like, especially like Jason X at the time, it was it wasn't really scary. It was just kind of how are these silly teens going to die today? It w- I mean, that's was why I kind like of final Oh yeah, that's fine. well, first final destination. First final destination. Jeremy was creepy, but then you yeah. got to two, three, four, and five, and it just looked like, hey, this guy's at the gym. This cable's been disconnected from his weights machine. What's going to happen? A, he's going to get flattened by the weights. B, his bench is going to collapse. Or C, a plane just drops out of the sky on him. Yeah, well, it, 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 <laughs> it, it depends. It depends who the movie's aimed at. If, you, if you're doing a horror movie that's aimed at the like older market, like the twenty. I'd, I'd like the 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 twenty two to twenty five market. You're going to get stuff like that. You're going to get stuff like the original um, hello, uh, the original Hall- well, not the original Halloween, the original um, Friday the Thirteenth stuff like that, which is is aimed at being proper scary. Yeah. When they start hitting the sequels, they normally the actual target age goes down because you're basically aiming it at people that just want to laugh at the fact that they're so. I guess it'd be called Edge Lord now. Scream Two is basically an example of that, right? Yeah, that yeah, that was an older movie, and then when they started remaking it, they were just aiming at the people that wanted to sit there and go, "Oh yeah, I can sit through it. I'm totally unaffected by seeing people being ripped apart." So it's and then Scream became a TV series. Uh, we don't talk about that in polite conversation. I always, I always viewed Scream as kind of like the American version of Midsummer Murders. <laughs> yeah, that's what I I, I didn't realize when I first saw the Scream movies. I never realized they were actually supposed to be scary. I thought they were parodies. I know they did. Uh, do they, are, they are in a way. They, they, they are. Went, Scream they went parody. Scream one parody. is both. Scream one is supposed is is supposed to be a parody of horror movies, but it's also meant to be a horror movie. It's just that it plays with a lot of the tropes, and the way it makes the horror is by. Uh, taking the tropes and mucking around with them and so wait, playing with the expectations. So what? Is it supposed to be funny then? Well, yeah, all, all most horror films are supposed to be funny. That's how you make you so make your audience feel bad. If your audience is sitting there laughing, it's not a comedy, people, but it's yeah, it's comedic <laughs> in a way. Com- comedy is a huge part of horror because it's that you have that release of tension going all the way through it. So, but is it supposed to be gut buster gut funny? Because that might have been explained why I was getting dirty looks in the cinema. I was literally. We talking about Scream itself? Yeah, the, the first the, one. Yeah, there are bits in it that were intentionally done to be amusing and make people laugh. 
Mm. And there were bits in it that are intentionally supposed to be pretty, oh my God, what the hell's happening? Because uh, that, that was a formula that did work for the film. It made yeah. a good bang, it made a good buck. And yeah, they kind of, they stretched out a bit, obviously with Scream 2, again, a, a pretty decent film where they were obviously subverting the ideas of sequels. Scream, screen, yeah, Scream 2, when you had the absolutely perfect setup for who did it, and mm. it absolutely made sense. And then you found out it just totally wasn't. Mm. And it was just like, you suddenly realized that everything had been set up to make you go, oh, it's just a sequel. And that was that was an amazing piece of work. Wes Craven was the only person who could do it because he knew so much about how to make a generic horror movie and how to properly scare people. I, re I remember Screen Free because Screen Free was the first 18 film I saw at the cinema. Ooh. I was 14 at the time Ooh. <laughs> and um and my 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 brother as a birthday present so, said no we're going to take you into see screen free because you like these films you've never seen one at cinema this is going to be the last one so we'll go and see this one so it's quite like a quite nice thing obviously screen four turned up about 10 years later uh, <laughs> and uh yeah we don't really talk about screen four it was yeah it was pretty weak uh like when i saw the scream movies i legitimately thought they were comedies that were masquerading as a horror yeah, film. I, I i found nothing scary in them and then they did the scary movies and i was like wait you're supposed to be funnier than scream you're failing <laughs> miserably yeah. have you not scary movie four there is a scene in scary movie four that i i have to skip because i laugh so hard during it as in i what it once basically gave me an asthma attack i oh, could no, no, not breathe i was laughing so hard like, the scary movies they're funny but I always I found screams all the screen movies much funnier because I wasn't aware they were actually supposed to be serious horror movies. This okay, is, this is news to me. I'm like, like Scream was a legit horror movie, really? Okay. I mean, <laughs> I saw I, I I saw Scream and I thought it was a brilliant horror movie and I thought it was had brilliant moments of comedy in it. I just hmm. I like I I I, my, I need to reevaluate my whole life now because I legitimately thought Scream was a comedy. I, uh, the way well, I, we, just the, said, I, we just said it's both. Yeah, but, but the, way, the funny thing is when I watch when like I said I, when I refer to Scream as a Midsummer Murder, I always just looked at it as one big murder mystery. I didn't really consider it like a proper slasher film or anything like that because it was kind of like oh, there's a masked person who's killing people. Who could it be? And it's like that's why I kind of got more drawn to those sort of sort of horror slasher films because it was kind of like oh it's quite cool murder mystery things it's a bit elaborate it's a bit crazy yeah. and all that sort of stuff you said the guy in the mask made me think of scooby-doo so i assumed it was like a scooby-doo episode <laughs> guy in the mask i know yeah, like old man i, mean, I thought it was gonna be like old man smithers the creepy janitor or something even, even, it's even the thons even the twist was a shot at horror movies because it explained how it could be done but no i absolutely agree stuff like midsummer murders is is slasher movies for people with mortgages it's <laughs> in yeah. the british countryside yeah it, like, think about what slasher films in midsummer must be like because like literally everyone gets murdered and like there's no people like i'm not moving to midsummer everyone gets murdered there well, but houses the are really cheap prices. think of the property prices yeah location but, location location will be swarming there miss miss marple um poirot all that lot they're all morality tales they've all got a body count They've all got um, interesting ways that people die. You're spending all your time going, "Ooh, how will who did who done it, and how will they get out of it?" So, yeah, I honestly think that all, all the difference between a murder mystery and a slasher is literally how much ketchup's in your budget. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I and I think on that bombshell, 
of <laughs> diversion to horror films, we must draw this episode of The Big Stomp to a close. Um, yay. So uh, thank you very much for, for joining us. Thank you very much to Rating Man, Lizzie, and Shani, or Michael, uh, sorry, and Michael for joining us on this episode. And uh, yes, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your opinions. Hashtag uh, bunk, uh, Big Stomp to Bunkzilla UK on Facebook and Twitter. It'll be good to hear your thoughts and continue the conversation further on. Right, we will be back soon with a brand new episode, but until then, thank you much for listening and thank you once again to the panellists. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye! Don't worry, we still sort of like each other. Yes, I don't. I can't stand myself. (laughs) Hopefully when we stop recording. We can't stand ourselves, but we like each, like, I still like (laughs) Shenny and I still like Michael and Raggedy Man and Ian. We're still, like, vague friends. (laughs) So hopefully when we, once the end credit music begins, you're not going to hear us shouting over them. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.